0: Hey there, my name is Ushin Lunny and this is Audio Matters, a weekly podcast on all things audio presented to you by Harman. In this week's episode, we celebrate the amazing work of sound girls and find out how they inspire and empower the next generation of women in audio. I am delighted to be joined by four of the leading ladies in professional audio this evening. Carrie Kyes, executive director and co-founder of Sound girls. Leslie Ann Jones, engineer, sound mixer, and director of music at Skywalker Sound. Michelle Sibolchik-Petanato, concert sound engineer and founder of Mixing Music Live. And Jerry Palumbo, executive producer and A-list sporting event engineer. Welcome all to the podcast. Now, you all come from very different areas of the professional audio world, monitor mixing, front of house, post-production, broadcast. I believe the genesis of Soundgirls as it is today came together at a conference quite a few years ago. Who wants to take the story of Soundgirls from here? Michelle?
1: I think when Carrie and I both started in live sound, uh, for me, you know, it was, it was back in the 80s and and... I didn't know of any other women uh, in the business. Um, and shortly after I started touring, I would hear of Carrie Kyes and um, you know, I'd been touring for 20 some years on, t- you know, and we did the panel in 2012, it was put together by Jerry Palumbo, or sorry, not Jerry Palumbo, Terry Winston <laughs> of uh I was there. Jerry was on the panel, <laughs> Carrie, uh, Claudia Engelhart, and Deanne Franklin. And aside from Deanne, I didn't know anyone else. I'd heard of Carrie, but we had never met in over 20 some years of touring. somehow just never managed to cross paths. And uh, Jerry and Claudia, like all of us on the panel had careers that were spanning more than 20 years. And I think we all met for the first time about five minutes before we went on. And we just kind of instantly bonded. We started sharing our stories of, of how we got into the business, how we got our start And, you know, we realized how similar they were. And then uh, we did the panel. And afterwards, um, I think it was Carrie, you could take it from here. I think you, you started, you kind of sent an email about how inspired you were about everyone and our stories.
2: I left shortly after that panel to get on a plane because I was leaving on tour that day. So I had a short flight, but over to Vegas, but the whole flight, I was just like, that was, this was like the greatest day ever. (laughs) I still felt so just inspired and happy. My feeling was like, I've been doing this for 20 plus years and I finally was in a room of all my actual peers. And it was, you know, I woke up the next morning and I went to load in our production and get ready for a long rehearsal because it was, I think it was a Eddie Vedder solo tour. So we were going to have a long night of rehearsal that night. But the whole day and the whole setup, I just kept thinking about Like, what can we do to not lose this feeling? And I think I reached out to you guys when I was still in Vegas. We were there for maybe five days because we had like three shows or something. And we just stayed in touch and we kept talking. And then we kind of, I don't even remember. I don't know if it was just Michelle and I or the whole group of just like, let's start a website. Let's find all the other women. Kind of with the idea of that if we built it, we'd find them and they would come. And that was the start of it with no, I don't think we had... I mean no one has a vision of where you'll be in 7 years when you start out but our our vision was very focused at that point of finding other women and highlighting their achievements in audio and I remember at one point as Michelle and I were working on it I was like well let's feature a woman every month and Michelle was like what if we run out <laughs> And I'm happy to say seven years later, we have a whole waiting list.
0: That's exactly the problem you want to
2: have. That's brilliant. That was the problem we wanted to have.
3: (laughs) I'd like to add to that, that um, when we, before we went on for this panel was, you know, unique to women. And I'm sure guys are like this. I've got brothers and I've seen them all huddle together and they have their guy stories, you know. But one of the things that really was bonding for me was the five of us, along with Terry Winston, you know, we were having what's called a little pre-breakfast before we went to do this panel. We all started comparing stories, both good and bad, you know, that that is unique to females in this industry. And what was interesting to me was each one of us had the exact same story. Wow. It wasn't that it even varied. It was like, oh, if this happened to you too. Well, I thought I was alone in this whole thing, and and it mm-hmm. really was for me being around the other four wonderful women uh, with diverse backgrounds. We all had the exact same stories, exactly. And and I remember when Carrie was reaching out to, she reached out to everyone on that panel, and I was like you know, kudos to, to to Carrie and Michelle, actually, because I was around when I watched them pull this thing together on the ground floor of this. And the vision was to try to get more women to talk about these experiences so that we could support each other when we got into situations that no one else would understand but us. And um, just kudos to these girls for launching something that ended up being a lot bigger than, I think, even the vision that they had. It was like, you know, they're on tour. You know, there's people all over the world that are that are dealing with. I have it in my business. We all have it a little bit in our business. And I think the only thing that I want as a female is just to be recognized for my skill set and not because of the way I look or my gender. And um, yeah. I can't say enough about Carrie in her vision and Michelle, because Michelle is on the ground floor of that too, um, for starting something I think is really important.
0: Yeah. I mean, do do you have an, I completely agree. Uh, Do you have any examples of say a a scenario that you just immediately clicked on and you all went, wow, I've had the exact same.
1: When I worked for Spin Doctors, you know, it was my first tour. And I don't know how many times I was asked the question, oh, which one of the guys are you married to or dating? Like how many people would walk up Mm -hmm. to a sound man and say, oh, which one of the people in the band are you dating? Like, there's just the fact that there's got to be a a reason that you're here other than that you want to be and you're good at your job. Uh, So, you know, that's something that women meet with all the time is the And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just people at, you know, that time had never seen women engineers Mm. and until they get used to it, which was part of the mission of Sound Girls is to show people that, yes, we're out here and we exist. Um, But, you know, until people start seeing more of that and becoming familiar with the concept that, oh, you're here because you love what you do and you're good at your job and not having to prove yourself just because you're a different gender.
0: It, it couldn't have come sooner, <laughs> I think, the uh, the foundation of Soundgirls. So at the time, I get, I get the impression when you all came together in 2012, there wasn't really many places that you could see role models and such a diverse range of women in professional audio. Were there other places to get inspiration? I mean, where, where did you all get inspiration from yourselves?
2: There's definitely women's audio mission. Um. Which trains uh, um, women in the Bay Area to work in recording studios. My inspiration never—I mean, I didn't have women as role models. You know, all—all all of my role models and mentors in the industry were men. I didn't at the at that point in time. I never really thought anything of it because I mean, it was 1987 and you know, women were still just coming into the workplace. So, you know, I kind of had that attitude of, well, I'll be, I'm the first, I'll just keep doing it. And then there'll be other women. I think that was what was really important about that panel was that meeting other women and how we approach our jobs and the isolation that we had for so long in industry. You know, I, I was fortunate enough that Pearl Jam started adding more women to our tour. I don't think it was intentional on their part. They hired who was the best person for the job. So, you know, we started with our tour accountant was a woman and then one of our publicists was a woman. So then, you know, at that point I had three other women on tour, you know, now our LD is a woman women that work management that are on tour, um, video on the video crew on the lighting crew. So that was nice, but I was still isolated in the fact that I was felt like I was the only woman doing sound. Yeah. Seven years ago, my, you know, I would consider all my best friends men for my touring family. And now I consider all my best friends women. So that's amazing.
0: I mean, seven years is a long time, but it sounds like Soundgirls has made a huge amount of progress in that time.
2: And Leslie Ann, you
0: spoke about uh, the role of mentors in your career. What kind of impact can a good mentor have on somebody's career?
4: As Carrie mentioned, all the mentors that I had were were men, just because that's who I worked with. Mm. But every single one of them had a Large effect on shaping my career. I, I mean, and, and I think that's the power of mentorship. Mm-hmm. Part of that is seeking it out, and and I think that as you know, Jerry mentioned. I think there's a fearlessness that we all have, and and not only that, but a willingness to raise our hand and try and do something else even though we might not feel terribly capable at the time, because it uh, presents um, opportunities. And that's something that I learned from my mentors who, you know, if you wanted to learn, you just were pushed and did that. And I think that's why in, in my career, I've always tried to be as out as I can on panels and things like that, Because, uh, you know, much as we know these days from minority hiring and all of that, you need to see yourself. You need to be able to see that you are represented and that you can get there. And then it's not just a bunch of guys doing it. And you're going to have to beat your head against the wall if you want to succeed. So it's always been uh, very um, important for me to be um, out there. But it was also important for me, uh, you know, just there was a period of time where I wouldn't do panels with all women, I'll be honest with you, mm-hmm. because I did not want to be seen as a woman engineer. I really wanted to be seen as a peer with the rest of my peers. If there were other women on the panel, great. But I didn't want it just to be about females and um, uh, of, of course, <laughs> now that there are so many of us, I f- feel a little different about that, and I'm really glad that, that so many of the panels that I do are, are, are mixed, and that um, particularly in the work I do with the Recording Academy and some of the other nonprofits where we really try very hard to make sure that all the panels are mixed and are representative of all the people there. But I think that that's the great thing about Sound Girls, is providing that mentorship and the ability to make a connection with people and to have this framework. I mean, just go on the Sound website. My God, I was so impressed. I was on it recently.
3: It's just fantastic with how many
4: women are um, represented there.
3: I think Because we were all uh, in such a male-dominated business for so long that we just wanted to be known for our skill sets. And I completely reiterate what Leslie just said about I was avoiding um, panels and things that were geared just because I was a woman. You know, I would show up with all these tech specs and I'd be ready to go into white paper mode, you know, like seriously, (laughs) I would show up on some of these things and none of that stuff would ever come up. Ever, It was always about women being in the business. And it, but what I found, much like Leslie, is that there was a thirst. There's a void there for women who are in the same struggles because they want to be heard for their skill sets, too, or they want to be in a position where they can learn those skill sets. And uh, I had a complete turnaround, too. You know, a lot of it had to do with Terry. Winston of Wham, because she's trying to focus on that. And Terry was the reason why we got together at that AES show and had this bonding experience with with um, Carrie and Michelle. So to me, what Leslie just said kind of a, epitomizes why it now is important to talk about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like women, women can be great in math and STEM as well. You know, women can, in fact, be rocket scientists.
2: I, I almost turned down that panel because I did not want to be on a panel with all women. Not that I had anything against women. I just thought it was ridiculous that in 2012, we were still doing panels of build as women in audio. Like there was only five of us. Uh, Deanne Franklin, another woman that was on the panel that I had known, she talked me into it, and I'm glad she did, you know. You know, I,
4: I think that era also, uh, the 2012 era, kind of was the turning point uh, in terms of panels like like that. Because, I, you know, I remember saying on, on some panels around that time, yes, I'll do it, but I don't want to spend all of our time bitching about what it's like to be a woman in the business. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to talk about what Mike I use on a snare drum, great, I'm there. But, you know, I just, I don't want it, I don't want the focus to be about that. And I think at that in that era uh, that things started to um, change, you know, where the panel was, oh, hey, here are these really successful women, and they all do different things, or they all do the same thing. Why don't you talk about your experiences or how you do what, you do. That's what makes the panels now much more successful. And oh, by the way, it's all women up here.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's unfortunately, there's still a bit of a pushback though. Um, uh, uh, I did a panel a few years back on AES and the woman who put it together had a hard time getting it approved because it was going to be all women, but it had nothing to do with being women. It was just women from different, uh, fields, and i th- believe she was told something like well who's going to want to come to that because you're all women oh. and that was only a couple of, that was mm-hmm. after sound girls you know that was like you know in the last 5 years and mm. and even still um i think a lot of men in the business don't really know what to do with us or what to make of us unless they've actually worked with women they still have this kind of like if you get suggested for for something on the side like you know to create a video or a lesson or talk mm-hmm all they want to talk about is what's it like being a woman in the business. They never want to, they just don't assume that you have the technical ability to actually talk tech about your job. It's, it's kind of strange. It's like, really, you just want me to talk about being a woman to these students who are trying to learn, you know, what I do. And it's kind of frustrating and it's still, it's, I don't think it's as, as predominant as it used to be, but it still happens.
3: And there is a pushback in my side of the business. I mean, you know, the broadcast side is, a lot of fire and brimstone and the people that are there are there is because they've, they've survived those fires and it's really all about performance there. It's not about anything else, but there are times, you know, there are still times, uh, you know, where, you know, somebody won't look me in the eye because they don't realize that I, I might be the boss in the chair that day, or I might be the boss of that particular thing where they'll, they'll come say, Oh, you know, who do I talk to about getting a, you know, a feed of X. And I was like, that would be me. They're like, Oh, and then they'll look at my two and, and say, well, I need, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. So much Cherry. Yeah. It's like, okay, Whatever. But actually I'm the one that's going to give you the feed so you need to tell me what you need so
0: you yeah. <laughs> yeah. should ask nicely next time yeah
3: it shouldn't be different but this, there is this thing with some men and I'm not grouping all men that have a hard time with that for whatever reason I don't know if it's intimidation I would like to think it would be more that but it's probably not or maybe it's Um, just that you're in a, in a supervisory role and they don't know how to respond to you being a supervisor. I always try to treat people like family, but some, some people have some issues with that, whether it's just straight out sexism, it might not even be that it might be a level of intimidation. It could be, I don't know the board and I don't know digital consoles and I don't know what an NDI stands for, which most people should not know what that stands for, by the way. (laughs) Sometimes I think, like Michelle said, that they don't really know how to approach the situation right now. But I think this is where SoundGirls is really good. It's like, we really are equal. We really are.
2: It was great last year at AES. We did the panel. Jerry and Michelle were on, were on it, and Piper Payne and April Tucker, Catherine Vericooli was on it. It was all women, but we never build it as women's panel. It was how to be successful in audio, and that was packed, and it was packed with men and women. So you know, sometimes I think you just showing up, doing the work, showing. I mean. There was no question on that panel of anyone's credentials. And anybody wanting a career in audio, you know, would be a fool to not come to it because it was women. That's At that point, it's their loss, right? Yeah. You know, I think it's really important to keep showing up, doing the work and presenting strong panels that are all women, but not focusing on our gender. I, I just wanted to
4: add one one point to what Jerry said about, you know, somebody walking in and, and going, you know, who do I talk to about this thinking? It's not going to be you. Uh, <clears throat> that, you know, that, that doesn't happen often for me, but occasionally we do have clients. And I noticed that the uh, Dan Thompson, who I work with all the time at, at Skywalker, and he's the recordist and um, assistant on most of my projects, And and there are some clients that will walk in and direct their technical questions to him, and I'm their engineer. And it's Mm. just, but I think what's happening now is that I find it a wonderful way to educate men, because Dan looks at me and rolls his eyes because he knows what's going on, you know. Mm. Uh, And I'll I'll just something that has nothing to do with audio, and I hope my friend Peter Dell doesn't mind me telling this story, but he and I are out for dinner and he says, why don't you pick the wine? And I look at the wine list because I'm fairly knowledgeable about wine and I pick the wine and the and the uh, waiter comes back and gives Peter the bottle to taste. And Peter <laughs> looks at the waiter and goes, why are you giving it to me to taste? She ordered the wine. So I think in, in this whole struggle, I love the fact that we have the ability to also educate the men that we're with about yes. this disparity and about people's what they call now unconscious bias about how the fact that well even though I ordered the wine I'm going to give the the guy yeah. the wine to taste because that's what I've always done and it and it takes a man now to be able to say no that's not what you do you give it to her yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so I love that now that I, I love the ability to be surrounded by more enlightened men that understand what that's supposed to be like and won't, and, and, and won't take that, you know?
1: I think yeah. I, I'd yeah. like to add, I think that's, that's great. Cause I, I'm getting the question a lot lately from men. How can we support women in this industry? What can we do mm-hmm. to support? And, It it's, you know, we can be out there doing as great a job and supporting each other as much as possible. But unfortunately, I think it takes those men to stand up and say, you need to direct Mm -hmm. that question to Leslie, she's in charge here. Or, and and it's in in all fairness, a lot of times, I don't think when a guy walks in, like when I walk into a venue, nine times out of 10, they're never thinking I'm the front of house engineer. You know, they think Mm -hmm. I'm wardrobe or production assistant. And it doesn't bother me because honestly, how many female front of house engineers have they seen? Probably none. I might be the first. Mm-hmm. So surprise is not a bad thing. And, uh, you know, I just keep hoping that sooner or later they start to, might the end of that day, they'll realize, wow, so the next woman who walks through the door, I'm not just going to assume that yeah. she's not doing this job. And and it's never been, well, you can't be that because you're a girl. But um, it's it's just when they immediately talk to my uh the, the, the kid, the young guy who's patching my stage and start asking him all the questions that he sh- they should be asking me. And he's answering them rather than saying, well, you should ask Michelle because she's our front of house engineer. That's how men can support us by saying, yeah. well, that's not my job. Um, it's actually, you want to talk to her. you know. And, and that's just a very simple yeah. way that men can support and, and kind of start turning things around to be like, oh, okay.
4: And, and don't answer the questions because it makes you look good. Realize that you're not the person who should be answering the
1: questions. Yeah. A lot of people want to have all the answers because it it makes them look good. And that's a really hard thing to get over, even if the questions aren't really theirs to answer.
0: Yeah. There's a great entrepreneur and public speaker called Cindy Gallup. And she's a fantastic campaigner for diversity. And she says, you know, the the role of men isn't just to be an advocate, but to be a champion. So to Mm -hmm. really go beyond just like, you know, giving a thumbs up, but to actually really support and, you know, put, put resources and money and, you know, bake it into the corporate strategy in terms of actually supporting, uh, you know, women in the industry and diversity overall. She's a real campaigner for diversity in the ad industry in particular, which is a, you know, if anyone's seen Mad Men, you'll know about some of the uh, ancient <laughs> preconceptions and, yeah. you know, outdated attitudes there. One thing that's really interesting uh, about, you know, this microcosm of Sound Girls that we have on the podcast today is you're all from such diverse backgrounds professionally, you know, broadcast monitors, front of house, post-production. Is that a reflection of the diversity within Sound Girls? And was that something that was there from the get-go?
2: I think in the beginning we were more focused on live just because that's Michelle and I's discipline. But always wanted to expand it to encompass all of audio um, because there are so many job paths. Hmm. I don't have numbers of how many you know of how many women are working in post production or how many are working in recording studios. But I would say every every audio discipline is well represented. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe what Jerry's doing is the least
3: represented. But it's also the least represented in it. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of people that yeah. want to crawl into that fire. I mean, there's a right. l- lot of men that don't want to crawl into that fire. So that's that's yeah. not because of a lack of availability of women. I think it's a lack of desire right. to, <laughs> you know, be on that rocket ship when it blows up on the pad. Sure. Right. I
4: think that's what makes uh, Sound Girls... Uh, Unique to some of the other organizations, though, is the the breadth of of work that uh, encompasses not only the membership of Soundgirls but also those of us that you know consider ourselves um, mentors to um, Soundgirls. It's not just about recording and engineering or making beats, or being a DJ, it really encompasses the depth of the audio opportunities that are out there for uh, people. And, um, you know, I, I think most of us started as one thing and ended up be doing so- something else. So, uh, again, that kind of points to being able to see yourself represented. And yeah. you know that, you know, even... Uh, whatever you start at, out as, I mean, look at Jerry, for goodness sakes, you know, uh, you know, uh, yeah. and, and educated uh, arranger and uh, composer who's, uh, you know, mixes NASCAR. I mean, yes. that's the great thing about Sound mm-hmm. Girls is the intention to not just concentrate on one thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, but, you know, when COVID broke out, you know, we had... Unfortunately, we have a lot of members that work in live, um, and they're probably the most affected by COVID. I mean, the whole industry is affected, but live sound is and, and events are completely out of work and will be on a regular basis till next year, maybe, um, depending on what happens. But we had a member, you know, a lot of people are looking for crossover. Where, where they can move to. Can I go into the recording studio? Could I start doing post-production? Um, and I ha- we had a member, she's like, I want to work for NASA. What can I? What do I have to do to work for NASA? I go, well, I, I would Google what you need to do to work for NASA. I go, but I know an audio engineer that does work for <laughs> NASA. So, you know, you never know what resources are available. And I hooked those two up and they've been chatting. So...
0: A theme that runs through all of your careers, as well as this growth mindset where you've all shown incredible perseverance and hustle, if you want to use that word, how does SoundGirls help the next generation of audio professionals develop that kind of a growth mindset and that kind of a hustle?
2: I think, you know, if, if you read through all the featured profiles that is probably, there's a common theme running through each one of them. And I would say those common themes are always say yes, have a great attitude and never stop learning. That's my best career advice. And I think probably everybody else would agree.
1: Yeah, I I think that was kind of one of our our first goals was to feature women in the business and also how they got successful? Like, what was it? We, we'd ask mm-hmm. specific questions of, you know, how did you get to where you are with you know, the, the intent of gleaning the younger generation, gleaning that information Mm -hmm. so they can use it, you know? Um, because there is a lot of, like you said, perseverance, um, is, is probably one of the most, uh, common traits, you know, you, you, in this business, you've Mm got to persevere. You're going to get told so many times, no, you're going to have so many doors shut in your face. You just have to keep going until you find the one that opens. And that's, I think a trait that every single one of us Mm -hmm. shares.
4: The thing that I'm most concerned about now is uh, girls and young women um, thinking they deserve it, and they will miss a lot by thinking that, and that is something when you look at, at us and how we came through, it was, as Carrie said, because we said yes, and we had a great attitude. We didn't think we could do it all, and we asked questions, and we never stopped learning. I think that's perfect. In fact, I'm going to take what you said, Carrie, (laughs) and uh, frame it. Uh, But now there's this thing, you know, because of the promotion of women, well, it's I deserve it, you know, or I I know so much that I should get the job. And, and I think that part of our job now is to also kind of tamper those expectations, because nobody deserves it. You have to earn where you are. And you have to show that you're willing to learn. Um, And, you know, when I started out, as I said, I had all these mentors, but none of them would have ever been as willing to talk to me if I hadn't been willing to ask them questions and to learn from them. Because for better or for worse, people want to put their hand on your shoulder and say, oh, I know how to do it. You know, whether it's for good reasons or because they just like to hear them talk, (laughs) hear hear themselves talk. I didn't care. As long as I got the information I needed, their reasons for giving it to me didn't really matter. So I, this idea of deserving it because now I've gone to school and I know all this stuff and it's not enough. You still have to be able to be, you know, humble and learn and be willing to take uh, chances and excel and not just think you should get the gig because of your, it's, it's completely switched now, you know?
3: Yeah. I would like to add to that, that when I see women that want to do this, there is a lot of that attitude Leslie is talking about where there's like, you owe me now. I am a woman. You need to give me this. Or the know-it-all attitude, which I think is the, 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 the call of death uh, mm-hmm. especially if you're 20, you don't know it all. Oh, right. um, yeah. I've got 30 years in the business and I don't know it all. Right. You know, you yeah. will never know it all. Mm-hmm. There will always be people ahead of you that are still teaching you something new. Like I'm really messing around with this NDI stuff, which is completely new to me. It's a, You see it more in gaming. But anyway, um, you'll never know it all. And I try to tell people that particularly if you're a woman in the business, you got to look at the reasons that you're really in it. One, is it truly a passion that you have in your soul? Do you have passion for the art of engineering? Do you have passion for mixing that front of house? Do you have the fire in you that's going to keep you on course when things go south around you? Because that's the most important thing is the passion for the skill set or for the job first and foremost. And then the second is like Leslie said, be humble, you know, things can blow up at any second. They often do. Um, And that's part of the beauty of learning is how to figure out how to work around those, those problems when they exist. And, um, have a really good at work attitude. Don't be throwing your compadres under the bus. you know if they don't know what's going on, help them. You know if they're in a deficit, we'll then help them because the goal is the show or the production right Be cognizant of lack of skills because somebody's always gonna have a lack of skill. I have a lack of skill, you know somebody's gonna know more than you always but you help the next person that doesn't know as much and if they can rise up to your level and and if you're secure they have a place if you're insecure about them taking your gig then there's something wrong with the way you're thinking because if you're really that good there's plenty of places for all of us but the attitude is to me more important i'll I'll take somebody with less skill set that's eager to learn that can Get along with people than I will from a know-it-all. In fact, I I don't have a lot of patience for that.
2: When I was at Rat Sound and I would do a lot of interviews to hire crew, and I don't know how many kids came through that you know they wanted to mix. They were applying for a mix job, and I go, "Well, you're not. If you want to mix, don't apply here because we're a sound company. We provide." equipment and we set it up. Occasionally we get to mix, but you're gonna load the truck. And that's ninety percent of your job is unloading and loading a truck and setting up equipment. And these kids well, I didn't go to school to to load trucks. My well then I I don't know what to tell you, but I still load trucks, you know? That's ninety percent of working in this industry is moving equipment around. Even if you do get to mix, that still ends up being 10% of your job. The show is 10% of my job.
1: I think there's a, a complete breakdown in reality of, okay, I go to school and instantly I'm doing my dream job. And it's like, no, you have to work to that point. And just like, you know, Carrie Rat, I've had uh, a sound company that I've I've used on tour for many years. And so many times I'll get. The, uh, the A2 that comes out and they're like, I should be mixing by now. I've been here for four years. And it's like, well, yeah. what have you mixed? And well, nothing, but I should be doing this. And at the same time, as they're complaining that they're not mixing, the support act is looking for someone to mix monitors for them, but they don't want to do it. So, because they'd rather go yeah. and play games on the bus during that time. It's like, well, how, what yeah. do you think is going to happen? Someday someone's going to offer you an arena tour just because you've been at the sound company for 10 years, but you've never mixed. Like there's just a complete, lack of how you get to that position, how you get to the next level and what mm-hmm. you need to do to get there. And and that's just,
4: that's not unique to gender at no, all. No, yeah, I, yeah. I think that that's the, sure. the uh, kind of current generation that's um, coming up. Yeah. You know, I always tell people who want to be an assistant engineer what their you know job is and one of their jobs is to make sure to get the lunch order right. You
3: right. know, mm-hmm.
4: you don't want to come back without French fries if somebody ordered them. And I know that that sounds stupid, but that sh- shows your attention to detail mm-hmm. and your willingness to serve your client. Exactly. And as Jerry so well pointed out, we are in service of our client. That's our yeah. job. Our job is to make them sound the best, not to make ourselves sound the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doing some menial tasks like loading the truck. Well, if you're the best truck loader, then you might get picked to do something else.
3: I still do it. We do yeah. it in broadcast. We roll this semis up, and we have to pull it all out. We have to interface it, and then we have to strike it all. Yeah. And no one gets out of doing that in my world either.
2: No, no one, one does. Uh,
3: you know, I, I could have gone to the bus
2: and took a nap, but I said, yes, I'll mix Pearl Jam, the opening band. That was my time to go take a nap. Mm-hmm. But if I had said, oh. no, I, I I am taking a nap. Sorry, you're. Uh, what would I... I wouldn't, I I don't even know what my life would be like.
0: Yeah, it's it's such a great mixture that that I hear again and again on the podcast, uh, people who are the most successful in their field, that they have this mixture of bravery and humility and uh, continual openness to learning. Do you think that the young women who want to get into the audio profession this is part of what they get from the mentorship at SoundGirls: is these stories and the, the guidance from people who've done the work.
2: You know, the mentors are there, you know, they could be acting as just keeping someone from dropping out of the industry because they're frustrated. Mm. I'm going to say it's worse for women and other marginalized groups than it is for men, but I think everyone coming up in the industry hits that frustration of like, I've been knocking on doors. I've been doing this. I, I can't keep doing this.
0: Yeah.
2: I can't not pay my rent again. So sometimes the mentorship is just is to say, you know what? Keep going. You got this. You know, every everyone has a diverse background and comes at it. At different places. And I think, you know, I think we've been, we've done a fairly good job at matching the right people together. And that just that wealth of knowledge of of being one on one and in a safe environment. um, I think it's a priceless thing.
0: Thank you so much to the passionate and fearless Carrie, Leslie, Michelle, and Jerry for taking the time to share the incredible story of Soundgirls. Visit soundgirls.org for more information. Get involved and spread the word. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe using your favourite podcast app and check out our brilliant title playlist put together by our guests every week with a few selections from myself as well. Join us next week when we'll be exploring the world of immersive audio and learn how the latest JBL headsets are setting a new benchmark for audio in gaming. See you next week.